Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Well, everyone, I know you love your chats, but we have, I have a very special guest to introduce to you this morning. Would you like to know who's here visiting us all the way from sunny California? You didn't bring the sun with you, but that's okay. We'll, we'll forgive you for that. Yesterday, yes, okay, that's all right. Um, I am really excited to welcome our dear friend, Ben Armstrong, who's come all the way from Bethel Church to share with us today. He was on his way to Scotland, and basically we tortured and tormented you until you relented and you came. <laughs> We've been friends with Ben for a couple of years now, and every time that we're with him, he always has a word of encouragement for us. He's always encouraging us. He's always speaking courage into us. He's always calling us to more. And um, we're excited that he's here at the start of our series on courage. I think that the Lord has you here for a reason. You have something to say to us this morning. So before you come up, I'd also like to just welcome your parents here this morning. Give us a little wave. You're so welcome. It's great to have you all here. Right, come on up. Ben, it's an honor to have you here. Please give Heather, your wife, and your kids our love when you go home again. I'd love to just pray for you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you have some things to say to us this morning. And thank you that you have brought Ben here to speak to us. And we open our hearts to your message, to your truth, Lord. We thank you for Ben. Thank you for his encouraging message again and again he encourages and speaks life and we receive that even us reluctant northern irish folks we receive that encouragement this morning we just open our hearts to that to your words of life to us this morning through ben we pray strength over him as he travels and we thank you so much for him in Jesus' name, we pray, amen. amen. You might also need to give him a few yes and, you know, amens, and he's not used to the quiet Northern Irish yeah. response, so do your help, best this help morning. Help me, help me out. You know, I, I, I knew where I was at, so I made sure to bring my mom and dad, uh, just in case I couldn't get an amen from you guys. Mom, dad, help me out. Okay. Why don't you guys stand up and wave to everyone so they can see your faces? This is Jeff and Debbie Armstrong. So they made me, and you're welcome. <laughs> you know, so really, I'm a result of them. Um, I have three uh, uh, incredible uh, ladies in the room who uh, did their third year school of ministry with me and interned in my department. So could you guys all know Karen. Karen, will you stand up? And then... Holly and Rachel, why don't you two stand up? And yeah, stay standing. Um, these two are, stay standing, stay standing, obey, come on. <laughs> You're under authority right now. Um, so uh, these two ladies are single. Um, 
No, stay standing. Stay standing. I want all the, the eligible bachelors to see the beauty. Um, so there's sign-ups at the end. I need... I, first of all, I need to know how much is in your bank account. And, and then the rest is, you know, as long as you love Jesus and you have a large bank account, these two ladies are very available. I'll be taking all the applications for their marriage afterwards. Little joke. At least you laugh. You get, you get my sense of humor. Come on. That's good. But I'm really serious about these two ladies. They, they, they're awesome, right? Um, they're, they're incredible, but I love you guys. It's so good to be with you, and uh, it, was, it was an honor to work with you guys, and uh, you set the standard for uh, incredible things in God when you served our department at Bethel Church, and uh, I, I just love being here. I'm excited. Um, like Harmony said, uh, my, my family's at home. But one of the reasons why I get to do this is because my family gifts me to nations. They really give me as a gift. And it's not just Ben Armstrong's ministry. This is a family ministry. So I'd like to introduce my family. Um, I've got a picture, I think, of our whole family. Uh, This is our family. So right in the middle, that's my oldest. uh, He's... 21 years old, that's Connor. He works as a firefighter. Um, my uh, 21-year-old wife is right next to Connor. Uh, that's Heather. Uh, and then right next to Heather on the far end there is uh, Madison. She's my youngest, just turned 17 years old. And then right next to me, that is Kira. And uh, that's my family. I think we can scroll over as well. This is what Heather and I look like in this small little town just outside of Reading, Palisadro. We love dressing up like country. So we were on the way to the rodeo. That's, that's the real deal. Uh, uh, next picture. That's when we got married. Who's that guy with the hair? Like, seriously, like, that guy looks good. Heather looks exactly the same. I look almost exactly the same. Uh, Next one, let me see. This is our kids dressing up for, I don't know, 80s or 90s day. That's probably late 80s, early 90s. Um, Next one, this was a premiere thing. They just look good, don't they? Guys, again, I'm taking sign-ups for my daughters. Good luck. Next one, uh, these are all my adopted kids. So those are my goats. We love goats and we have fun. So that's my family. And, uh, and I, the reason why I show pictures of them is because uh, I'm away from home and it's always good to get prayer for my family when I'm away from home, but also so that you know this is a family ministry and what my wife is really set on not traveling while our kids are in high school. And I limit my travel as well. I I only travel once a month and rarely over seven days. And this is a rarely. So you guys are a rarely. I I chose specifically to come here. Again, there was some begging going on, (laughs) but it wasn't real hard to twist my arm. Um, and I've got my parents with me, and I don't always get to travel with them, so this really is a special time, and I'm excited to be with you, and thank you, Andy and Harmony, for, for having us, Pleasure. and thank you, Karen, for 
all you do to make this happen as well. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we, we thank you for the opportunity to come in, into your house and to gather together to love one another. Um, and God, we pray that during this time, uh, you, would, you would come and you would speak through the speaker because we didn't come to just meet with Ben Armstrong, we came to meet with God. And God, we invite you into our short time together this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you, you met, I got this really cool mug. If you are a visitor, you need to get one of these. Like, look at this. Mm. It's got a BCB right here on the initials. It's like you walk around town. Hey, come to church with me. You get one of these bottles. It's really cool. Shameless plug for a church. Um, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, we, this morning, you know, Andy talked to me. It was funny because... Uh, he said, hey, could, is there any way you could speak on the subject of courage? We're starting a series on courage. And I, I just kind of chuckled inside and I said, you know, of course I can do that. Um, because uh, last year, right around June, the end of June, I was in a conversation with God. And you have to know uh, who my wife is and what she loves. My wife is a words girl. Uh, if you know her uh, we get to pastor uh, one of our Bethel campuses. We have our Cascade campus. It's a downtown, iconic kind of art deco theater uh, that we get to do church in. And it's, it's really a, a, a fun venue. But my wife is a true pastor. And one of her favorite things to do is to write handwritten cards. Any of you in here are a handwritten card person? Raise your hand. Oh, come on. It's an art form. It is one of the greatest forms of encouragement you can do, especially nowadays when you can tweet someone, you can DM someone on Instagram, you can text someone, you can just email them, you can Facebook email them. I'm like, someone tells me all the time, hey, I emailed you, you didn't answer. I've said, I don't remember that. It was on Facebook. I'm like, that's not email. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, don't, I haven't looked at Facebook for four years. My wife made me get that. I don't know what you're talking about, but my wife loves handwritten cards, and she loves the power of words. She sends out between 20 and 30 handwritten cards every week. I'm like, baby, how much are stamps nowadays? Jeez, and the card is like five times as much as a stamp. I'm like, we're going to... Every store we go into, she's like, I wonder if they have cards in here. And, and so she looks for that thing, and around our house, we have a bunch of words, so we have a bunch of words around our house like believe, like don't stop believing, like love and joy and peace and all this stuff. And on our refrigerator, she's got a bunch of stamps and she loves these stamps and are these magnets and on the, on the magnets are written all of these quotes. And, and uh, so she loves words. And I was talking to God in June, and I thought, you know, I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to ask him, what's the word for the season? What's the word for this next season, and what do we need in order to apprehend what you have in this next season? What is the word that's going to propel us into that? And I heard God say, clearly, courage. The word for the season is courage. So when Andy asked me, will you preach on courage? I'm like, yes, like this is, this is my subject. This is, 
This is, this, is, this is my wheelhouse. This is exactly what I've been going after for over a year now and, and pursuing. And I, I've been really hungry for that. And last year in June, I didn't know what was coming in late July, early August. And, uh, and, and so I looked up the word courage in the dictionary. And I wanted to know, like, what is the real meaning of courage? That's not what stood out to me. What stood out to me, that in the Webster's Dictionary, uh, on the English language, they do a thing called uh, the amount of the use of the word. They, they track how many times that, that word is used in, the, in your vocabulary. And from the 1800s till now, there's been a steady decline in the use of the word courage. And I thought, ooh, maybe that's a problem. Maybe there, there's something to this thing of courage, and maybe we need to stir this back up. Now, I, I didn't know, but I started reading the Bible, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to find courage. I want to find courage in the Bible and find the stories of courage. And I began to read all the stories in the Bible, and I began to realize, wow, it's hard to read any story in the Bible and not find courage. It's really hard to read any of them and not find courage exemplified through the story or through a person, an individual who follows God. And if we're going to follow God, courage is going to be a currency that we're going to have to have a lot of. Because God pushes us in places and calls us to places and spaces that it's going to take courage to actually apprehend. In growth seasons, in new seasons, in transition seasons, in changes in life, courage is so important. It's vitally important. Now, you know, there may be big things or small things in life, but today I want to talk to you about what courage looks like and how to cultivate courage. Soon after June, um, not this this recent June, but the, the June before, in July, I was on vacation with my wife, and all of a sudden, we had a, a forest fire uh, outside of town, and it was plenty of, plenty of ways outside of town, and it's normal to have forest fires and wildfires in California, Northern California especially. It's regular in our summer times in, in the fire season. That's what my son does with Cal Fire. He, he works forest fires a lot. And that's the, the main meat of their, their work. And so the fire's going, and we're like, oh, it's far enough out of town. It's not a big deal. It keeps growing, keeps growing, and it starts getting out of control. It winds up coming into town and starts burning homes in, in Redding, California. And then it, it jumps the river, and when it jumps the river, it turns into a fire tornado, a ginormous fire tornado, 140 mile an hour winds in this tornado, where it would come across places and it, would, it wouldn't burn a tree, it would bake it and rip all the bark and everything off of it. And the tree was still white. It, it wasn't black char, it was baked. It was, it was a really intense time, and we, we lost over 1,100 homes in Redding, California, and, and quite a few people passed away in that fire. Um, and then we had another crazy fire right out after that, uh, just up north, and then, and then just down south, uh, southeast from us, we had another huge fire that burned down a whole city named Paradise, and there's, 
uh, they lost over 13,000 structures in that city. Homes, businesses, everything. It's like the whole city burnt down. We yeah, churches as well. My brother, his, his wife, um, their, her parents had a church in paradise and a home in paradise, and both the church and the home burned down. Well, I didn't know we were going to need courage like that, but God knows ahead of time all the things we're going to face in life. Now, I'm not saying we need courage because there's a tragedy coming. That, that's kind of going to be normal in life. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Welcome to the world. He wants to kill everyone. He wants to destroy everyone's life. That's going to be normal. But I'm talking about courage, what it looks like, and what it manifests. Because, you know, sometimes we think of courage as the David and Goliath moment, right? Okay, well, God, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for my David and Goliath moment. I'm waiting for my Daniel in the lion's den moment. Like, I'll stand for you in that moment. God, I'm waiting for that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. Like, yes, I'm going to be courageous. I just give me a chance for this to manifest in my life. And we think that's going to be the big deal. That's going to be the real deal where finally I get to show God that I'm courageous. But sometimes, courage doesn't start in those spots sometimes it looks different last year my daughter Madison got invited to a a party with a bunch of friends and she's super excited about going and her uh, older sister was going to drive her to the party so they drive up to the party and the moment they get to the party Madison uh, steps out of the car and starts walking towards the door and stops Pauses and Kira's thinking, oh, what's she doing? And she pauses for a second, turns around, gets back in the car and says, "Uh, I'm not going to go to the party. She said, why not? She said, well, Holy Spirit told me I shouldn't go. Well, what Madison didn't know in that moment when she, she, when Holy Spirit says, hey, I don't think you should go to this party, um, the next day, she found out why, because 34 out of 35 of the people at the party were either drunk or high. And it was Holy Spirit's voice talking to her, and sometimes courage looks like standing up when there's pressure to actually fit in, and it takes courage to listen to the voice of Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Written on a refrigerator is a, a quote, and my, uh, like I said, my wife loves words and, and quotes, and she's got this one uh, quote on the refrigerator, and it says this, courage does not always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice at the end of the day that says, I will try again tomorrow. And sometimes I think we get courage in our mind, this high, huge, lofty thing, and and such a big thing that we forget to recognize courage in its infant form, in its seed form, in in those those places where it's being developed and grown in our life, because you're not going to be super courageous in a David and Goliath moment if you haven't developed it already somewhere way back here. So where was was that in, in, in David's life? Was it, was it maybe back here with the lion and the bear? Come on, this guy was 13 years old and he takes on a lion, not with a slingshot. It says with his bare hands. The lion had, had a sheep in its mouth and he chases the lion down. Okay, that's pretty intense. 13 years old, remember, like try and remember yourself at 13 years old. 
He's running after a lion. It says he grabs him by his beard and strikes him and kills him. I mean, I've got skin knuckles right here and a little scar on my head because I had a fight last week. It's awesome. I'd like to say I win that, won that fight, but I didn't. You can tell by the way I look. Uh, I, I was opening my garage door, and I went to duck under it, and I have this really great toolbox that is broken, so one of the drawers always slides out, and I came up underneath, and, and bam, got hit by the, 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 the toolbox, so I punched it. <laughs> it was kind of all one motion. Bam! Ah! ah and I knew, I knew right away I was bleeding. But, but like... Uh, This guy's going after a lion and a bear with his bare hands at 13 years old. I'd like to say I would do that. My son, Connor, you already saw the picture of him. He killed his first bear at 13 years old, but he had a gun. That is so different, a long way away. Um, That's a whole other story. But courage didn't even start with the lion and the bear. Courage started in the story you never hear. Courage started way back here, maybe the first time that David had to spend the night in the wild by himself. When was the first time he had to sleep out with the sheep when no one was there? That's where courage starts, but we don't trace it back. We only hear the the testimonies. It's kind of like looking at Instagram all the time, and you see all these crazy pictures of people being awesome, and you compare your life to that, and you're like, Woe is me. I have the worst life in the world. Look at all this. It's amazing. <laughs> and it can be frustrating in life unless you're, be, you're able to encourage yourself, put courage inside of you. And I've, I've found that this, if you want to develop courage in your life, the number one uh, helper for getting yourself into courage is to read the scriptures. Reading the Bible, if you're taking notes, like how do I develop courage? Read the Bible. Jeremiah 8, 7 says this, even the stork in the sky knows her season and the turtle dove and the swift and the thrush observe their time of migration. If we don't understand the season we're in, many times we won't apprehend what God has for us. We won't know when to move. See, even the animals, they know their time of migration. They know the time of when to move. If we don't know it's a courage season, then we might miss out on the commodity that God is trying to develop in you, and you won't bear the fruit that God wants to bear through you. Is that making sense? There's, there's these times, like, we've got, you know, four seasons. You've got the springtime, you've got the summer, you've got uh, the fall or, or harvest time, and then you've got winter. And, you know, in the Celtic tradition, it was springtime for sowing, summertime for strengthening the crops. You have fall or, or harvest for harvesting And then you have winters for sharing in the fruit of your labor and for family and rest. If you don't know what winter's for, many times you see winter as a bad season. Winter is a beautiful season. It's not about fruit. It's about root. 
It's about going deep with God. It's about going deep with family. It's about rest. It's about, hey, stop looking at what you can produce and actually enjoy what you have produced in the past. Celebrate what God has done because that will propel you into a new season, a rich season. And knowing that is really important. So we have to know that this is a courage season. That this is, this is what God is, is releasing to us because uh, usually you need courage for movement. We kind of like everything to be exactly the same all the time. Maybe we take a big risk and go to a new restaurant. <laughs> or maybe you get wild and you go to the same restaurant, but you're going to order something you never ordered on the menu. <laughs> I was super courageous. Woo! Like, I am out of control tonight, baby. Check it out. I'm, I'm courageous, you know. But in order to apprehend, and, and you know, this is a transition season. I, I'm seeing it not just here, but all over the world, a transition season. And this is, this is exactly uh, what, what was going on. When God says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous, like you're about to take new ground. In order to do that, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. My daughter Kira, again last year, uh, before the start of her senior year, she got a text from one of her friends. She got a text, and in the text it said, hey, let's run for student government. I'll run for president. You run for vice president. And my daughter Kira started a text back. No, I would never do that. And then she felt the check in her spirit. She's like, ooh, maybe I need to do that. She deletes the text and she says, sure, let's do it. And sends. And she goes, oh no, I sent that. And sometimes courage looks like that. You accidentally, on purpose, do something, and then you want to take it back really fast. Sometimes courage, you need to act on it really fast because it runs away really fast, right? How many have had those moments where you're like, oh, I'm standing there. Oh, I feel Holy Spirit. Oh, I need to do something. And, okay, good. That passed. It was great. I almost did something awesome, <laughs> you know, and sometimes that's our life. We're like at the, you stand there and this is, this is that chicken line. It's like, it's kind of scary over on, and am I going to cross that thing? And sometimes we step over and sometimes we don't. At least this time I thought about doing it. <laughs> hey, you, you that, I'm okay with that. This celebrate courage inside of our life. When I read scriptures, I get excited because I, I read scriptures like Daniel in the lion's den. I lead, read, read stories like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I read uh, about Rahab and the spies. I read about Noah and building an ark. I read about Abraham and Isaac. And I, I read about Joseph and, who marries Mary. Like, like that, that took a lot of courage. I mean, that's crazy. He's thinking, I need to get rid of her because Mary just came to me and said, hey, Joe. Uh, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joe's like going through Old Testament. He's like, uh, that's not in here. That's never happened. 
how much courage did it take for Joseph to marry Mary? Praise God, he sends an angel to Joseph and says, hey, she's actually telling the truth. But even there, it takes courage. Even there, it took courage. Jesus calms the storm. Courage. Stephen stands up for the gospel. Courage. Barnabas takes, uh, takes in Paul one who was killing Christians. And every one of the other uh, disciples at the time and, and believers at the time were like, no, don't take Paul. He's gonna kill us. He's actually a spy. He's just sneaking in to find out who's all Christian so he can kill us all. And Barnabas is like, no. And praise God, he had courage because we have so many books of the Bible because he had courage. So many more stories of courage because someone had courage. And maybe someone had courage to share the gospel with you. Peter gets out of the boat. Paul and Silas praise in prison. John's at the foot of the cross. It took courage to wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Like, I cannot read the Bible without finding courage. If you're stuck in a place where you have no courage, first read the Bible. Because you'll find your courage. Uh, it's a third of prophecy, right? Encouragement is part of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says this. But the one who prophesies, prophesies for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of another. Encouragement. How do I put courage inside of you? I've got to first have courage. If I don't have courage, I have nothing in my bank account to give you. And the world is waiting for a courageous people. When Paul and Silas are in the prison, all the other prisoners are doing what? They're listening to this courageous people who are in prison praising God. They're like, what, what is this? The world is waiting to hear a different voice in the same situation. See, we're all going to face the same situations. Even Jesus faced the same situations that all mankind would face but he was without sin. He was full of courage. And he gives us an example to do the same. And when we do, it's a transformative power. It's an attractive power. People are attracted to men and women of courage. Another way to develop courage in your life is to hold on to your prophetic words. You know, I know this is a prophetic culture. I know after service, we're going to have prophetic teams up here to get a prophetic word. If you've never got a prophetic word, get a prophetic word. You need to know what God thinks about you. In 1 Timothy 1, uh, verses 18 and 19, Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, my son. Timothy, my son. I give you instructions in keeping with the prophetic words once made over your life so that with those you would fight the good fight of faith and have a clear conscience or a clean conscience what's that saying you know what in order to apprehend what God has for you in your life you're going to have to anchor yourself to those prophetic words that have been spoken over you and use those to stir up courage I don't think you can have faith without courage because faith acts on what you don't see what you can't feel you know, ah, brother, I just don't feel Holy Spirit, so I can't pray for people. I can't pray on the prayer line today. Yeah, that's called faith. So why don't you just pray anyway, because God says, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Not if you have faith. 
if you have courage enough to do this. Like, but you have to have courage in order to have faith. And not just that, in what happens when we stir ourselves up with our prophetic words, we start getting a clear conscience or a clean conscience. That's not talking about sin either in the context of this scripture. God's not talking about, oh, you won't think about anything bad anymore. No, you'll think rightly about yourself. You, when you listen to the prophetic words spoken over you, when you read the scriptures and develop something in your life, all of a sudden you begin to realize, oh my goodness, I, I, I'm a man of God. I've, I've been called an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Like, this is my calling. This is my mandate. I am encouraged. And now I'm rightly thinking about myself the way God thinks about me. That's what our prophetic words do. You know, when I was, oh, 14, 15, I, I, I can't remember exactly how old I was. My parents did something courageous. They uh, sent me and my sister to China to smuggle Bibles. Now, that took a lot more courage for them to let us go. We wanted to go, but they let us go. We were dumb kids. Sometimes the ignorance of youth looks like courage, but it's not really. It's just (laughs) ignorance. And we love that. Let it stir you up. But, you know, I didn't realize that I'd get chased on the streets of Canton uh, by the military police and have to hide in a basket store like Indiana Jones. Um, I didn't hide in the basket, but behind a bunch of baskets. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be taking care of my sister, uh, and I couldn't find her, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to be in a jail in China, and I've heard all the stories about what it's like, teaches you to pray in tongues, and... That took courage in that moment. Like, what are you going to do in those moments? And I love when we put ourselves in positions, and sometimes you don't know the outcome. You don't. My wife's a planner. She's like, I need to be psychologically prepared for that. Can you just tell me ahead of time? I need to be psychologically prepared. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like the kingdom. Sometimes you're not going to get psychologically prepared for that. You're just going to have to choose it, and then it shows up, and you're going to find out what happens. So, Kira text back, sends, yes, I'll run for for student body. And the problem was they won. (laughs) And now they won. And what my my daughter didn't know that was being student body vice president, she would have to go in front of 2,000 crazy young people and rally them at each and every one of their pep rallies. And she would be the one on the microphone. See, courage, whenever you step out in courage, the next time it'll demand more. Have you ever seen that in life? You step out and you're like, this is the biggest thing in my life. I can't believe I'm doing this. Ah! Oh, that was awesome. And then there's another thing and you're in a panic again. And you freak out and you continue. And man, I look back on my life and some of the things I freaked out about, they would take zero courage for me to do now, right? Are there any things in life that, you know, when you first did it, you was crazy courageous the first time you gave a speech, the first time you ever preached, the first time you went to a job, the first time you signed up for a job, the first time you handed out your resume. All of these are places of courage. Sometimes courage looks more like this. I got up in the morning. I went to work again. 
I got out of bed. Hey, and when getting out of bed is a hard deal, like sometimes I think, oh man, I just don't, I'd rather live in a cave in Alaska than see another person in my life. Did I say that out loud? (laughs) That guy's a pastor. (laughs) How do they let him do this? Does Andy and Harmony know this? No, I'm just being real. I preached a sermon at a church in L.A., and I said that sometimes courage looks like getting out of bed in the morning. There's a 91-year-old lady who had come to church that day, and her granddaughter had just passed away in a tragic car accident. And so when I said it takes courage to get out of bed in the morning, she's like, I know what that's I know what that is. It was so hard for me to get here today. And that word is directly for me. And when you face tragedies, like sometimes that's that's what courage looks like. And I want you to realize that's courage. Just getting out of bed is courage. That's courageous, that's beautiful, that's brilliant, that's important. I want us to be able to celebrate what courage looks like all throughout our life. And even as I talk to you, you can probably go back to stories in your life. You're like, oh, that was courageous. I didn't even realize. God was promoting me. God was setting me up for something greater. The next thing we need in order to develop courage in our life that's vitally important. First, we got scriptures, right? We, we're feeding on the word of God. I'm getting courage. I'm feeding on the encouragement of others, the prophetic words that are spoken over my life. And now I'm being built up in my faith. But another way to develop courage is don't do things on your own. If we're doing things on our own in isolation, we go crazy. There's voices that talk to us. It's unique. You're always going to have voices. You can have voices of friends or you can have crazy voices in your head. You know those crazy voices. You know how they talk to you. You know what they say to you. You can't do that. If you do that, something bad's going to happen. What? What's going to happen? I don't know, but it's probably going to be really bad. (laughs) Yeah, but what if this happens? Or what if this happens? And what if, what if, what if? And we're like, ah! And we freak out before we even get to making a choice. Why? Because we've milled it over in our head and we try to figure it out ourselves. If you're going to go cliff jumping and you're going to jump into the water and, you know, maybe you start on a small little five-foot ledge and jump off and all that kind of stuff. But you never go cliff jumping by yourself. Why? Because you know someone's going to have to count to three for you. You know, you're going to stand on the edge of that cliff and you're like, okay, okay, count me off. Okay, one, two, like nobody. Hey, I went cliff jumping by myself the other day. Everyone's like, yeah, sure you did. (laughs) No, you, you need the testimony, right? You're waiting for the testimony. Plus nowadays you've got smartphones and everything where you go, it's like, I, I got, I, I've got my GoPro and, you know, I got to take a video of this, like, so I'm in Hawaii with my family and, and uh, we go up on this hike and we get up to this one spot and there's this nice pool in the creek and, and it's really deep and there's this ledge up there. I'm like, baby, I'm going to go jump off the cliff. Here's my phone. Take a video, right? Because you do these things and my kids are there and I'm going to be brave and do all this. And uh, are you okay? Are you guys ready? 
you know, you got the video, you ready? I want to make sure. Post this on Instagram and encourage everyone with my courage. Okay, you ready? And, and they're like, yeah. And so I jump and, I'm, and I get in and I hit the water and I'm like, woohoo, that was awesome. Was that, that was amazing. My kids are all like, yeah, dad. And, you know, dads. You got to show your kids courage. And, and then my wife says, oops, I didn't get the picture. Sorry, I didn't, I, 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 I got distracted. Like, now I got to do it again. The second time is harder than the first. You got adrenaline going the first time. The second time, it's just sheer terror. It's just like, and then you hit, and it hurts more the second time. I'm like, what? Oh, gosh, it was bad. But you know what happened is now my daughter here says, I want to go. Mom didn't let her, but she, what happened? Courage got infectious. When we do it with someone else, it pushes people. You know, Kira would have never run for student body vice president if it wasn't for her friend who said, let's do this together. There's something exponential that happens when we encourage one another. When we're alone, if you have to do, do a hard thing, go get a friend. Yeah. Go get a friend and do it together. I, I, I love this. Um, and, and even if you're alone, let me just tell you something. In, in, in Judges chapter 6, there's the story of Gideon. You remember that? And I'll wrap up with this. Gideon's sitting there and he's hiding in a wine press. You remember him? He's threshing wheat in a wine press. He's doing the right thing in the wrong place. That's what happens when we do the right thing in the wrong season. Nothing happens. And sometimes we live our life like this. Oh my goodness, the world's going to happen to me. Oh my goodness. There's, there's, there's pornography everywhere. Oh my goodness, there's drugs everywhere. Oh my goodness, this is happening. Oh my goodness, in our government there's this and this and this. And we can freak out about everything. And now we're hiding in our own little wine press. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon. He's like, hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like. you talking to me? And the angel's like, yeah, hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, uh, hey, don't you know my situation? Like, hey, all my history, like, these guys, they did amazing things, but Where's the God of my grandfather? Where's the God of history? We are not seeing any miracles. You know, Bethel Church sees a lot of miracles, but what about us, you know? And you can see all these different places. I started in Weaverville, California, guys. We prayed for years and years and no one got healed. And then someone gets healed of a headache and we're like, yes! We got this thing. This, the gospel's real. It's true. This is amazing. A year later, someone would get their back healed. We called that momentum two in two years. <laughs> it starts somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. And Gideon's sitting there. He's like, well, me, nah, nah, nah. I'm the, I, do you know that I'm the weakest guy in the weakest tribe? Huh? I, I see my situation. See, you know, and it's interesting. God sometimes never responds to your situation. He, and, and the angel doesn't even respond to Gideon's 
cowardice. He just says, hey, Gideon, go in your own strength and deliver the Israelites out of the hands of the Midianites. And, and Gideon's like, wait, well, what? Did you just hear me? Ah, I'm afraid. I'm a scaredy cat. Like, I'm hiding. And now you're saying go in my strength. I just said I have no strength. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like that in life? God's like, do this. And you're like, no, I... Got the wrong guy, got the wrong girl. I don't know who you're talking to. Maybe the dog next door, but like, I, just, I got nothing. I can't do it. But just a little further, it says this. Oh, and by the way, Gideon, I will be with you. God will be with you. Let's do some kingdom mathematics, okay? You plus God equals you win every time. If you knew who was standing right next to you, I think we, we all would be a lot more courageous. But sometimes we let our situation speak to us more than the person standing next to us. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we look in the mirror and we don't look in the mirror with Holy Spirit standing next to us. And we see ourselves, and we say, get not enough. And God says, hey, hey, did you forget to count me? Hey, any number... You can take away from infinity how much is left over. Infinity's left over. There's more than enough courage for us to go around. The last thing is this. So now we find out what God thinks of us. God says, you're a mighty man of valor. At the end of that story, what's crazy is Gideon's still afraid. And God says, hey, if you're still afraid, why don't you sneak down into the enemy's camp and hear what they say about you? So he sneaks down with his buddy, and they go down in the enemy's camp, and just in time to hear one guy say, man, I had this crazy dream last night. There's a big wheel of bread rolled down into camp, smashed our tents. And the other guy goes, this is the BIV version. It's the Benz International version. Uh, <laughs> paraphrasing. He goes, oh, my goodness, we're going to die. That's God and Gideon. They're going to kill us all. See, if you knew the devil's perspective about you, you'd be very encouraged. <laughs> you would be absolutely encouraged because he is terrified that you're going to stand up one day and do something. He's terrified you're going to get out of bed. He's terrified you're going to say yes to Holy Spirit and no to peer pressure. He is terrified that you're, you know, if you're a young man, you're going to go out for that sport. And you're going to cultivate courage. He is, he, is, he is terrified that you're going to go do something for him and not just sit back. But guess what? We're not those who shrink back. Like Hebrews chapter 10 says. Let me end with this. Why don't you stand to your feet? Now, my wife and I and my kids watch this movie. I'm not promoting movies or any movies, like, but we watched a movie called We Bought a Zoo with Matt Damon. And there's probably some cuss words in there, so just like... But in this movie, 
There's a spot in the movie where the dad is talking to the son who has a crush on a girl. Speaking of girls who need to be married. Um, <laughs> and and this, this young man has a crush on a girl and he's so afraid and he's like, what do I do? And, and Matt Damon, the dad in the movie, says this. And I love this quote. He says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something will good of it. Good will come of it. We don't need courage every moment of every day. Courage only needs to show up for about 20 seconds. And once you do that, you'll see the breakthrough. Once you step out, you'll see the breakthrough. And I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to take a moment and say, God, where in my life right now do I need courage? Where in my life right now does courage need to show up inside of me? And where is a place where I can start practicing courage? Maybe it's leaving this place and talking to someone about Jesus Christ. Maybe for some of you it's to call a son or a daughter who are far away. Far away from God. And just call and say, hey, I love you. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's courage to face your spouse one more time and try and go, go at your marriage one more time. Maybe it's courage to go see a counselor when we don't get to go see a counselor. Maybe it's courage to encourage someone else. God, would you give us courage? God, may this be a season where we're not those who shrink back. But we're those who stand up. But God, we choose not to go through life alone. We'll surround ourselves with, with people who will help us step out in courage. Who will give the testimony of the moments we stepped out in courage. God, we choose to stir up our prophetic words, what you've said over us, so we can think rightly about who you are. And God, we choose to get into the word of God and stir up the testimonies of courage from those who have gone before us and who have set an example of what courage really looks like. And God, I pray for grace, because in this season, you are doing something great on this island. Because in this season, it's going to take courage to just stand up and be myself. When everything is trying to get me to conform or transform to what that looks like. Courage to trust that I'm loved no matter what. Lord, we bless you. We thank you for the examples of courage that you've already set before us. And I release the ability to step out in insane courage, extreme bravery in this next season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. 
For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.